Boss! 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 Welcome back to At The Buzzer uh, in 2022. We are a Ralphie Report podcast, which means we cover everything great and not so great about Colorado athletics. I am one co-host, uh, Jack Barsh. We've been doing this for a little bit. And over there is the other co-host who's been doing this for a little bit, Sam. Yeah. There he is. What's, um, what's How's it going? It's going well. The sun is out. We're under winter weather warning, supposedly. Whatever. Just get the points oh, nice. out of the way. Uh, it is. I, I've been I've been digging some of the snow that's been coming down. Um, how are you over in what I'm assuming to be the sunny northern European skies? Uh, yes, we actually have had uh, a little bit of sun, maybe five hours worth of sun this week. It's been <laughs> lovely weather. Uh, I, I, I had my basketball team practice earlier nice. today. Um, they're still bad, but they're getting better. <laughs> uh, just, just an update. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I yelled at too many people today though. Cause I got a little heated because people didn't know where to, how to cut where, like they kept getting in my way when I was driving. And I yelled nice. at them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you need a clear <laughs> lane. You need an open lane. Everyone knows it's about you, Sam. Yeah. Uh, no big in the paint. You want a four-out offense. Um, well, I want cutters. I want cutters. That's the thing. I want to drive and find cutters. Yeah. And if you're uh, not doing that, I don't know how to play with you. I, I just We just won a, uh, a very close game in our basketball league. We are now one and one after a two-point win uh, with no cutters. It was all post-offense, oh. and it was beautiful. Do you do you still run your offense through your your one good player like you did? Hey, one hey, CU we have two good players now. We got two oh, good oh, players now. Uh, neither than me, of course, but we cut around the post, which is <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, one and one, I'll take because I am old and fat now, uh, and I can't I can't move <laughs> like I used to. Um. Speaking of not being able to move like they used to, terrible segue. Let's talk a little bit about Speaking Colorado of, basketball. Go ahead. Old, old, and not very fat anymore. Not so old and not very fat anymore. Uh, yeah, Evan exactly. Batty's doing great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The opposite of me. Um, <laughs> Evan Batty's doing great. The team is doing uh, okay, I guess. We we come to the micro uh, microwaves, the microphones. After a, a rough conference stretch against the roughest of conference opponents, I would say, um, Colorado basketball just lost the both games in their homestand against USC and UCLA, which would have been pretty mm-hmm. nice wins for the tournament resume. Uh, but both of those teams ranked now in the top 15. Um, and this comes off the heels of a mixed bag road trip where they lost to a scorching hot Arizona Wildcats team and a scorching mess of a team, the Arizona State Sun Devils. Or sorry, they beat the Arizona State Sun Devils. Um, yes. So one and three in the last games, but really only expected they, – they won the one game I think that was expected to be a toss-up. They were still underdogs in that game, so glad to see them pull it out. Um, and, you know, I, I have some thoughts about the – the this last homestand, but I just teed up this situation and you can go ahead and knock it down mm-hmm. with some of your thoughts. I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say other than like they're they're doing fine. Like it's a transition year. It's fine. The players are young and they're making mistakes. They're 
committing ungodly amounts of turnover against good defenses. <laughs> um, they they kind of, I mean, I'm not going to get mad at a team for, like, even good CU teams could lose by 21 at Arizona. So I'm not going to say anything. Like, they did fight against USC, and they did have that comeback against UCLA. So, it's like, like as there's nothing to critique with this team. They have six losses, and five of them are ranked opponents. Um, that's pretty, pretty, I mean, impressive in itself that they're only losing to the teams they should be losing to and Southern Illinois. But we can't get that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you, if you just picked, oh, who's going to win this game from the preseason? Yeah. Every single game has gone as you would expect. Yeah. With um, expected results. Yes, I, I wish that Tennessee game was a bit closer, but yeah, I too, for the most part, I completely agree with you. I think we're that Tennessee game was fairly competitive until Kennedy Chandler just boat raced. Well, I was but, about to say they found out yeah. they just had to do a pick and roll every single possession and <laughs> win. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, I mean, you could critique that something that is troubling. And again, it is a very young team. Is that they cannot score against those good teams? Um, I think in their losses, what their high is, ooh, sixty-five points against UCLA, um, and it's like they are really they okay. Some shooting numbers, yeah. Are okay, so they're pretty bottom. They're two hundred fifty-first in the country in turnover rate. Always a good stat. Uh, <laughs> And they are almost like they are so far down, like 317th out of 351 teams in three point attempts oh my God. per made field goal. And that's not the worst thing with this team because they really, really, really cannot shoot that no. well. No, but, uh, they is when you have both of those things, you're you. You need to make the most of your possessions if you're not going to be taking threes. 100%. And they aren't at all. Um, and I don't really know what else to blame it on other than they're all a bunch of first-year starters, <laughs> more or less. Um, yes, and we and we do want to point out that for the this last home stretch uh, with two close games against USC and UCLA, senior guard and defensive stalwart Eli Parquet was out with an injury, undisclosed foot injury. Don't quite know when he's going to be coming back, um, but it's you know I don't know if it's too much of a stretch to say uh, Eli Parquet probably helps them win that USC game, um, given how close that game was. I yeah I don't know. It, it, regardless, like you to to either further exacerbate that young that youth problem, one of the two seniors on this team is is out with an injury right now, um, letting Nick Clifford step up in his place. Um, which I guess leads me to the bright spots. I think you're seeing a lot of turnovers just because they're forcing the issue a lot. 15 first half turnovers against UCLA, who's a team that will punish that. Five of those coming from Tristan Da Silva. Um, you know, the only reason Tristan Da Silva is going to have five turnovers is because he's being forced to create. And you know, they don't call it growing, not pain. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. I don't think he. I don't think that's true. I think he had one turnover against USC. No, UCLA is what I said. Oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. Um. Yeah, geez, it's just like you don't know where the offense is going to come from, especially when Jabari Walker seems to sit in the first half every game with foul troubles. It seems like he'll pick up two in the first half, 
just to get his head in the game, and then he'll like explode in the second. I just, I, it's it's this weird thing. And Evan Batty, of course, is still getting called for being a large man. Um, the, the the rest will never understand that just because he's big doesn't mean he's fouling people, which is fine. In the end, what that means is your two most dependable offensive outputs will often spend stretches in the first half on the bench. And that's hard for a young team to look past. Um, during this, this stretch, one of the only bright spots um, against Arizona and one of the most continuous bright spots we've seen in this stretch of tough games is that KJ Simpson looks ready to take over offensively um, when he's on the court. He's gotten more and more minutes and, as a player, he just seems the one. He seems to be the one that's the most ready to be aggressive to initiate offense, um, and it's been great to see him go into that role because we're going to see more of him as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, again, he he started off that Arizona trip with uh, probably revenge on his mind, and also probably itching itching to get back on the floor after missing a couple of games with his concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, well, glad glad he's fine. Glad he's balling out. I really like watching him play. I'll say it every single time we talk about him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he just has that intensity that you need at point guard. Like, he's he's a dog, as, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, his speed in the open court is just incredible. Um, he'll beat people down the court every time if he can. Um, along those same lines, adding Nick Clifford to the starting lineup is – to me, a definite downgrade from Parquet defensively, just in terms of rotations and everything else. But the thing that Clifford has done so well all year and continues to just excel at is pushing the ball after he gets defensive rebounds. I think Clifford is a top two rebounder on this team, um, and his, his point guard pass allows him to immediately push that ball up. And it's been really nice to see CU transition from a McKinley Wright spot up shooters around a, a pick and roll offense that's kind of half court based to an offense that fits this team a bit more, which is running gun, go as fast as you can because we cannot score in the half court at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that will continue to get smoother too as they as they look for transition opportunities. Um, but I think we're seeing a bit of role definition in this team of full of young people. I think Keyshawn is is comfortable off ball and being a, a, a offensive weapon slashing. I think he's a really good cutter and can also shoot the three well enough to, to force people to be honest. And that leaves more room for KJ to, to run the team. So I don't know. It's hard to be anything other than what you said, like expectant of the past of the recent performances. You love to beat USC. That was CU's first loss to USC since 2018, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a, a choke. I think down the stretch, CU had to leave with five minutes left. And they probably should have closed that out, but you know, young teams. And then UCLA is the opposite, just a complete domination from the Bruins in the first 20 minutes. CU comes back from a 15 point halftime deficit to tie, almost tie it up. I think they were down one with two or three minutes left, and then they end up um, coming short. This team has been in a lot of very, very close games. They've come out on top against the teams they are better than, and they've come out on bottom against the teams they are worse than. Um, talent-wise, I should say. So, you know, if that trend continues, the Pac-12 schedule really opens up on the back half of this year um, with talent talentless teams, I should say. Um, it's looking like Oregon is back to their old tricks of just, you know, now becoming I'm a basketball team. Um, so yeah, the transfers have finally learned each other's names. 
yes. And Dana has started to so, yell at them a lot more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit upset that that game didn't happen early when Oregon was a mess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they've won what now? Uh, six in a row? Yeah. Yeah. Six and and row, just completely wins. took over Washington, like dismantled them. They are. Oh, oh God. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they also beat on the road. They swept UCLA and USC. Um, yeah. They almost, they almost lost to Oregon State. That's pretty bad. Um, but wins a win's a win. Win's a win. Um, I don't know anything about Oregon. I mean, they're gigantic down low. They they have so much size, and they're finally playing some Team D and funneling people towards that size, which is scary. Um, And Will mm -hmm. Richardson's becoming the option we knew he could be on offense. I don't know. They're scary. Oh, oh, he's he he is becoming that player. That's nice. He's doing a bit better. And Quincy Guerriere is is um, is growing. I don't know, man. They're freaking they're freaking me out. They're gonna be they're the fourth best team in the pack. I think pretty comfortably. So far, um, and then Washington State and CU are going to be fighting for that fifth best spot, I think. Um, mm-hmm. The rest yeah, of the league is shit. Honestly, yeah. Go ahead. The rest of the league is shit. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was about to say. I mean, they're going to shake you out as expected. Washington is a team that has no leadership, no anything. Mike Hopkins mm-hmm. has to be fired at the end of this year. Please. How do you have a team in Seattle – and put garbage like this on the court. I have no clue, but they are. Um, I would consider them last place. I hope we can hear that beautiful trash truck outside. Um, and Cal is a semi-competent under Mark Fox, but there's still just no talent there. So they're going to be near the bottom as well. Arizona State is a collection. Dude, Andre Kelly, though. Andre uh, Kelly yes. has been balling the fuck out. And you know I, I love old man game. You know I love old man game, and that is the definition. That man cannot jump, and he's averaging like fifteen and ten. It's beautiful to watch. He takes up massive, half the key with this boy. just width, just constant width. Um, yeah, Arizona State's not looking great. Bobby Hurley needs to be fired there as well because that is uh, demoralizing. Very toxic. Very toxic. Yes. Um, Utah, same thing. No talent. No talent in Utah, but Craig Smith's got those boys playing a bit. Um, you know, let's, let's keep going around the horn. Stanford's mediocre. They're okay. Harrison Ingram will be drafted in the first round, but I just he don't might, know what – He might what, wait a year. I mean, what's their identity? I don't I don't know what they – I guess slow it down, play a bit of D, but they aren't good at the D part. <laughs> they just play slow. Oh, yeah. Well – did they have an identity around Oscar De Silva or was he just the most perfect player for them? No, he was just really good. Yeah. I mean, that was their issue with Oscar De Silva too. Is how do you, I don't know how you're that bad when you have, I don't know, they recruit well under Haas, which is good, but they just can't get it together. Um, and then finally, Oregon state is who we thought they were after last year's magical run. Not much there, not much no, there. Zero talent. So I think CU is pretty comfortably going to be in the upper half uh, of the conference, mm-hmm. which is still good. Um, I heard some, I saw some grumbling online after the the two home losses um, about Tad. Some of the haters coming out of the woodwork to say, "Is the ceiling reached?" I don't. People are insane. Not this is still extremely vocal minority, <laughs> but it just gets my goat every time I see anything about that. Um, and I think that this team is going to be poised to make a run. Um, one last person I'll mention I want to talk about. Lawson Lovering is struggling out there right now with the speed of the game. Um, I thought UCLA was his best game in a while, but um, this is the definition of trial by fire, and that dude 
is noticing the difference between Wyoming high school basketball and Pac-12 college basketball. Um, and we are, we are also seeing that he is just, there's no confidence for, that I'm seeing on the offensive side of the ball. It's, it's, it's tough. Um, is that, is that something to worry about long-term or is it just going to no. cause no. some natural growth? Yeah, I don't. I, his his mentality, everyone says, is very good. He's he, he's still working to get better. And frankly, he shouldn't be playing as much minutes as he is. But the foul trouble mm-hmm. that Jabari and Evan constantly find themselves in forces Lovren. Also, that he's play. literally he's on, the only other big on the roster, unless you count Justin De Silva as power forward, which is generous. Which he's not really. No, no, he's not. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You, every time I watch this team, oh I God. constantly he's listed. Tristan is listed at 6'10". Holy shit. Oh, uh, yeah, he grew a bit. He's pretty tall. And, th- th- I mean, the, the potential is there. It's Yeah, I don't know. This whole team is just, like you said at the top, they're fighting through it. They're all so young, and they're continuing to get better. You can see the flashes. You can see them try to put it together. Um, I'm excited to see if they can um, as the year goes on. But mm-hmm. now we're getting um, into a bit of a lull in the schedule. You just had four really tough games. You're, you're going to see a bit of a relaxation, I think, um, in the next few. Well, we'll see uh, what the Washington trip does because they should beat Washington on the road on Thursday. Yeah, but that arena's cursed. Um, that arena's cursed, and anything can fucking happen on the road, no matter what. Um, and then Washington State on the road, that's going to be tough because they did play us very well uh, in Boulder without Noah Williams. And that yeah. is a team that we thought would be good. Like we mm-hmm. thought they'd be pushing for an NCAA tournament bid, but yeah, I mean, right now the PAC 12 looks like it has one elite team yeah, or maybe two elite teams. Depends how you feel about UCLA. Yeah. Um, but Arizona looks fucking ridiculous. That's oh the last thing we God. need to talk about. That's the last thing we need to talk no. about. I hate that. I love watching Arizona now. I hate it. Oh, I hate that. God. I love Arizona, but Oh man, are they fun? God, they play beautiful basketball. True, yeah. They like almost. I think like forty-five percent of their made shots are assisted. Oh, oh. And they have and playmakers I, at every. They have like style and playmakers at every single position. Like as much as I want to hate, like Tubelis, for instance. I know. He's, God, he's, a, he's a punchable face, but he's just fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I can't. You know, I don't. I don't know. I can't remember if I wrote this or if I said this, but I'm wondering. Well, you if probably he, don't write anything. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if there was a Sean Miller CU rivalry instead of an Arizona CU rivalry because mm. I I think Dad loves Tommy Lloyd. I don't. You know, I, there's not as much animosity there. I I personally cannot find it in me to hate this team. I like, like you mentioned, Jubelis is fun. Kirk Creesa is your classic pest that you love to hate. But, he's, you know, he's not – it's not like Gabe York where he's like – or Nick Johnson where he's like the worst, you know. He's – he's. Uh, I, I, he's okay. I don't know. And no, Benedict, oh, no. Get, thinking about Gabe York's face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Benedict Mathurin. <laughs> Benedict Mathurin is so fun. Oh man, I don't know. I, I Coloco so is I, fun. I I do feel different about Arizona now that Sean Miller's gone because I I just can't I can't stand him. I can't stand Andy Enfield. That's what I care about. I don't care about USC basketball. Like USC basketball players get to the NBA, and I'm like, hell yeah, this guy's awesome. I love Dion. Dion, Dion. OJ Mayo, so fun. Come on. 
Cash Gibson. <laughs> That's not a good example. <laughs> he made us banned from the NBA, I think. Sounds like a USC player to me. Um, or Kevin Porter Jr. is on the leash. Um, yeah, they got some head cases. Taj Gibson, though. Yeah, they got some head cases. Yes. Okay, not a head case. Um, anyway, uh, Sean Miller being gone does change things. I, I wish they had changed up their uniforms when yeah. Tommy Lloyd came. Because yeah. I, I, I have a visceral reaction. I think I have a visceral reaction to their colors and their just logo. Like, I just can't deal with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't like their fans, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Because I don't. I have a very limited interaction with them, and they are much better than Arizona State fans. So Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> the, only, the thing I hate the most is just the U of A chant, and I hate it because it's always so loud at the Pac-12 tourney because they're the only fan base that shows out. And it's just – it's yeah. annoying. Whatever. Uh, anyway. Still like um, the Arizona. Watch. They are very, very good. Yes, they're going to probably win the conference. You, you, UCLA might be second. And then USC looks like a pretty comfortable third. I don't think they're that good, but no. they look they're, – they're solid. And then Oregon's just solid. They'll probably be – they'll probably win the fucking Pac-12 championship. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be a classic Oregon. Then, they're going to be a seven seed. They're going to destroy some t- horrible 10 seed, and then they're going to just run through and beat the two seed and then lose. That, that's what they do. It's what they do. Yeah. And then I think – I would think that, like, if there is another NCAA tournament team, I, I don't think that's going to be Colorado. Um, but I, I really don't see much potential for a fifth team unless no. uh, someone goes on a run or someone has some pretty significant internal growth. Like, nobody would have thought Oregon State would have gone in. <laughs> Although, earlier today I was a little bit mad that CU didn't win the Pac-12 championship last year. But uh, I mean, they were a team of destiny. It, it got easier to accept when they won all those tournament games, you know. Oregon State, yeah. Team, of yeah, destiny. yeah, yeah. No, they're definitely team of destiny. And like, I'm not mad because like, if if anybody in the Pac-12 is going to do something like that, I'd rather be yeah. Oregon State than anyone else. Yeah. Um, but damn, that uh, it would have been different to have that legacy of that CU team. Yeah. Um. Before we spiral too much into the past, let's let's move forward. Um, oh, I was about to talk about Dallas Walton and the Wake Forest. Defense. Yeah, okay, we can do that. Dallas, well, yeah, they just destroyed North Carolina. Steve Forbes almost scored a hundred on them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Dallas Walton is their starting center. Yes, he's doing, doing great. very well for himself. Schwartz is doing pretty uh, good things at George Mason. I was about to say they started well, and then they have not. They're not a very good team. Schwartz is getting his shots. It's the thing. Schwartz is getting his shots. But Schwartz is getting his shots. Oh, sure. And Daylon Coon, same thing at UNC. He's getting a lot of usage there. Oh, yeah. No, that boy is their best player. Um, Let's let's move on. Uh, Let's go into okay, – okay. let's finish the wrap up with football. Quite a bit happening. To look up, I was about to look up Thomas Akiozili's stats. So, <laughs> thanks for cutting me off. Oh, no, real quick, before we move on. Uh, there's a very okay, fun yes. – challenge on twitter that the cu men's basketball account put out uh for building a team for 18 dollars there's one of those grades where one player costs five dollars in each position and then four and then three and then two and then one um and my yeah. team is unbeatable 
Just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, the best value on the board, of course, was Jay Humphreys at two dollars. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Are you? Yeah, you have to build around that. You have to build around that. Yeah, Jay Humphreys is uh, probably CU's third best pro of all time on the basketball side. Unbelievable in college, led the Big Eight in steals. Um, I don't know, insane value. So who's their second best pro? Scott Whitman, I would say probably. I hmm. won a championship or two with the Celtics in the eighties. Talk about talk about your high school recruiting stuff while I look this stuff up. Um, okay, I will switch gears to football and talk about high school football recruiting as we talk, as Sam looks up the stuff. Um, yeah, so Buffs completed the coaching staff, and with that, they've started to solidify how they want to finish up this 2022 class. Um, they're going to be pretty aggressive as we head towards this late February signing day. Um, so we saw another signee by the name of Jason Oliver, who is a former teammate of Owen Carey, who signed in December. Jason Oliver is a cornerback. CU obviously needs help at cornerback, given that Makai Blackman and Christian Gonzalez, the two starters last year, both transferred to rival Pac-12 programs and will be making uh, starts against CU next year. Um, With that in mind, they've gone after some transfers that are still uh, available, and they've also gone after some prep players, one of those being Jason Oliver, top 100 California recruit, always a good start, had some Pac-12 offers early on with all the coaches, coaching staff changes in the Pac-12. Those um, have been up in the air. CU pounced when they could with new coach Rod Chance, and they got him signed. Um, so he's a pretty solid, I don't know, overall technically sound corner. Might be able to help right away, but with this young secondary, uh, there's not going to be too much minutes to go around. Um, there are a few other prep players that are still on the running for. Nothing worth mentioning solidly right now. Um, we can talk briefly about the transfer portal I'm going to check in with Sam where he is in his uh, pro NBA players update. I didn't realize Scott, Scott Webman was a two-time all-star. I thought he was mostly just like a sixth man, but uh, no, he's better than I thought he was. And Spencer Dinwiddie's stats are a lot worse than I thought they were. Yeah. Do you want yeah. to guess Spencer Dinwiddie's career uh, field goal percentage? Give me a, give me a ballpark. 44%. 41. All right, give me a three-point percentage. 37%. Oof, no, he's under 32%. Oh, yikes. On threes in his career. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Good for him still coming out of role. Yeah, good for him making a shit ton of money and probably spending a lot on crypto when it was popping. Um, yeah, um, no, he, he takes a lot of bad shots. I'll be honest. Yes, but and he's a weird. He's a very weird fit on the Wizards right now. Webin and Humphreys, though, are probably two and three. I'm right again. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably. I mean, um, I would think that Dinwiddie is a better player in a vacuum than Scott Webin. Alec Burks would be too. You okay? We don't want to go into this, but you can't compare across no. areas like that. You can't. No, I know. Compare- I'm just saying, in a vacuum. If you took one player and another player, <laughs> completely unrelated to the context, yes. these are better players. Okay. I think I, that's pretty inarguable. Hey, Scott Wedman is not on my all-time team. I didn't pick Scott Wedman. Oh, okay. Yeah. How much was he? Uh, I think it was $4. Oh, 
Oh, who was five? Corey Yeah. Uh, no, at small forward, it was Ken Charlton, who was an All-American. Oh, Corey what? Higgins was $2, oh. dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, Corey Higgins was a good pick. Yeah. Yeah, that's another good value pick. Um, okay. Yeah, too bad the sixth men are not very good. Dom Collier should have been on there. I the honestly would have taken Dom. Yeah. Okay. We got to stop. Go, go to the transfer. Uh, <laughs> talk about transfer portal. Um, let's see. We, we... So, so even the punter transfer. That's crazy. <laughs> It was a That's good punter, crazy. a really good punter. <laughs> um, yeah, I think since we last so you, spoke, you said, we, go ahead. You, you said, oh, sorry, I want to talk about our punter transfer. Um, you said that we kind of recruited over him. What does that mean? I don't know about recruited over him, but there was two scholarship punters. That should never really happen. And the freshman coming mm-hmm. in is really good. Ashton Logan is going to be very good. Um, how do we know punters are good? Aren't they? Aren't punters and kickers mostly judged based on how much money they spent at camps? <laughs> if you look at recruiting rankings, yes. CU lost a okay. the first ever six star kicker. If you remember, oh my God. To, to Notre Dame right. uh, in the twenty twenty one recruiting recruiting cycle, Josh Bryan. Do you, do you remember his? Josh Bryan. Uh, however, Gosh, they right. flipped Cole Becker from Iowa State in the last second, um, and that worked out for the best. I think Cole Becker was easily the best offensive player last year in terms of production. Yeah, when's he going to transfer? Okay, don't Sorry. will it into existence. Uh, but Ashton <laughs> Logan I, it was, is also good. He was being recruited by a lot of other schools, and we got somehow got him to gray shirt and then come in, which is pretty nice. He's going to be good. Watts is very good, and it's hard to replace dependable production for what might be, but I'm not too worried about that transfer. Um, since we last spoke, what has really hurt my heart is is my favorite boy, Jarek Broussard, um, making the smart decision to run behind a better offensive line. And and that is that is hurting me because I love Jarek Broussard. He's going to run for like 2,000 yards next year. I hope so. I hope he just destroys against everyone. Um, he was mm-hmm. so good, a complete shock in the 2020 season. In 2021, he had no help from the offensive line, still semi-produced when he could. Little guy, constantly at heart when he ran. I just love to see him. I love his running style. Um, it sucks to see him go, but I understand it. Um, and it, it adds, adds to the lack of top-end talent on this roster heading into 2022. Yeah. Um, did we talk about where everybody has transferred to? Because Christian so. Gonzalez is okay. Christian Gonzalez is at Oregon. Yes, we, great. we mentioned great that. for him. He's gonna yep. he's gonna be Brendan yes. Rice, uh, USC with Lincoln Riley's offense. Yes, he's gonna be great. Well, I well, maybe we'll see if he plays. I don't know. I hope he plays a lot. I hope it's not a Katie Nixon situation. Yeah, well, Katie Nixon wasn't really good enough to start at USC, but um, Mark Perry to TCU. Yes, we did not talk about Mackay, that. Uh, Makai Blackman to USC. Yes. Again, he'll probably be competing for snaps. Yeah. Um, Dimitri Stanley entered the transfer portal. Yes, and he will uh, not he be coming should have back. Been better. Yeah, he should have been. He should have been better, but also the CU offense should have been better. Was a good part returner. Uh, I liked what he did as a returner. Yeah. No, I, I like him a lot. I, I was high on him always. Uh, Chance Lytle is transferring. Yes. Um, great person. H- had that terrible leg break, and he came back strong. 
And, yeah, good, uh, good player. I mean, he played yeah, a decent amount. He was, he was never the weakest link. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it for notable players. <laughs> Leaving, yeah. I apologize to uh, Levante Chanel. <laughs> Who's transferring at Alabama A and M? Let's hope he gets his life in order because he has yes. NFL potential. Um, let's. Yeah. I I also just want to finish up with the uh, talking about the overall transfer portal trends. I think CU is fourth uh, among Power Five teams in most departing players. I think the two of the the teams above them had coaching changes. Um, if I recall correctly, Virginia is number one and number two. Their coach suddenly retired this off season. Um, and then I guess only that's the only one with coaching change. Wait, who's their coach? Bronco Mendenhall? Yes, he retired. He retired? Uh-huh. How old is he? He was like, he's mid-50s, I think. Young. Oh, weird. Uh, and then Tony Ellett retired by them. But their entire starting offensive line left, as well as most of the starters on, on offense. Um, Maryland is number one in the country, or tied, or right below Virginia, somewhere in there, in their mid-20s players departing don't quite know what's happening there and then indiana was right above colorado last i checked in in departing transfers um no head coaching change there but a lot of internal coaching staff changes same thing with colorado um so see is not alone in the bottom tier power five schools with lots of players transferring out department um it's an unwieldy name but it's a weird department that has like five members in it um and they're getting some players back that are solid. CU has some incoming transfers that aren't bad. RJ Sneed coming in from Baylor is probably going to replace Brendan Rice's immediate production right away. He's a really good uh, possession receiver, legacy recruit. His his father played for CU under Gary Barnett. Um, and he He's going to lead the team with 263 yards on the season. Hey, Brady Russell had 300 last year. He's going to get up oh, past sorry. the three number, baby. Um, Godspeed. <laughs> uh, yes, other people coming in. Uh, we had a few offensive gonna, line. Go ahead. We're gonna look back at the 2021 buff stats in like five years from now and just weep. Yes, Jesus we will. Christ. Yes, we will. <laughs> um, I weep now. I weep looking games? back four months ago. I, I weep now, and I don't need the, the time on my side. Um, let's see what else was there internal. There was a lot of, go ahead. In my time covering games from press row, my first season on press row was 2016. And so I got that. And then right when I left and stopped, this season happened. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I'm glad I, I'm glad I, I, my run happened when it did. Yeah, you got you got to anyway, see truly the best of the mediocre during those five and seven years. Um, the best of the mediocre during those five and seven years. Yeah, well, I saw you know, a lot of Philip Lindsay. Oh, um, okay. So on this transfers, focus. what are we talking of, about? A lot of offensive line transfers coming in, which is good to see. Um, immediate help from Tommy Brown, the Alabama transfer. He's going to come in um, to Colorado. He's going to start right away. Immediately one of the most talented players on the team. He's, he was competing for a starting spot at Alabama last year, so it's good to see that. Battle one. Why is he leaving? Uh, he graduated. They brought in, as because they're Alabama, a lot more talent. Um, he's going to be able to start and get more snaps on another team. It was between us and Virginia. Teams 
that are both desperate for offensive line starters, good spot for him to be in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, some, some other irons in the fire um, along the offensive line and defensive line, which is great because CU desperately needs line help, um, and we'll see how that shakes out near the end of it. Um, I also want to mention that the coaching staff is officially completed. The last coach needed to be hired, the wide receivers coach, was done. It's I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but it's Phil McGogan, McGogan, McGowan, um, one of those three. I don't know who is he was being hired from being unemployed which is a a common carl Durrell tactic however i think his, his resume is pretty good um sam if you if you haven't heard of him before uh no i was, don't know how to spell his, oh i found it wow yeah, mcguffin so, oh mcguffin is it mcguffin okay i think that's mcguffin so he was a wide receiver coach for the chargers for three years in 2018 to 2020 he resigned because of COVID. He has a heart defect. So other people in his family have heart defects, so he didn't want to mess around with that. Makes total sense to me. Um, and it definitely wasn't performance-related, given that under his watch, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams all both became pretty good um, overall receivers. Keenan Allen obviously was already a star, but regardless. Um, before that, he spent some time in the college ranks at East Carolina. His Tutelage under his tutelage, Zay Jones caught 170 passes in one year and broke the NCAA record for most catches in a season. Um, also a good sign. He was a offensive coordinator on under Ken Neomatololo way back in the day at Navy Prep Academy. Um, so he has some coordinator experience, but overall, uh, again, a coach on the younger side, he's in his early 40s, a, a coach on the more energetic side. Um, and it, it completes a staff that turned over to be a lot younger and a lot more recruiting focused than I expected it to be uh, at the start of the offseason. So I don't know. Over, overall, I'm really happy with the staff hires that were made um, with the, the big exception of the offensive coordinator, which I thought could have been done better. Um, and it's a good thing that OCs don't matter. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so it is McGagan. According okay. to the CU website. Okay. Um, did did you mention all the all the NFL experience he has? I, I mentioned the Charters. That's it. The Charters. Char Chargers. What did I say? Oh, the Chargers. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like the resume so far. This is pretty solid. The That's connection to Darrell, by the way, because Darrell doesn't hire someone unless he has a prior connection, is that he was oh, a. Of course. He was a undrafted wide receiver at the Broncos rookie camp while Darrell was a Broncos wide receiver coach in the early 2000s. And that's where they first oh met. Oh, my God. Um, I, look, man, I, I am settling right now. I'm just happy that there's uh, only one coach on staff that I – two coaches on staff that have ever been at CU before. Um, so I'm glad to see that we're branching out and getting coaches that presumably have resume experience that doesn't include um, – playing at CU or coaching at CU. I'm just glad to see that. Oh, McGagan is also bald. I appreciate that. More <laughs> kind of bald. Buzz cut. And... Well, I like his look. Yeah, and there's a clip that's been going around on Twitter. It's been fun where he was on Hard Knocks the year that the Hard Knocks was at the Chargers camp. Um, so he has a fun clip where he is yelling at uh, – presumably practice squad wide receivers saying you will not play unless you block. 
which is something that all fans like to see from the wide receiver coach. That's how Chev originally won our hearts, if you recall, is he got Sheffield, mm-hmm. Bryce Bobo, and oh my God, who's the other one? I forget, Devin Ross. Devin Ross. Devin Ross. Uh, he got all of them to block, which was great mm-hmm. to see. So we hope that continues with, with McGagan, I guess is what we're saying. Um, so I don't want to um, overpromise, but overall, I think the staff had a lot of positive turnover. I'm still very dubious uh, that that will lead to great success next year, but I'm glad to see that the changes were made that were necessary to be made. And in general, they all skew towards younger coaches and heavier on the recruiting side. Yes. Um, NFL news. Are we, are CU fans all Bengals fans? Yes. I'm right a now? thousand percent of Bengals fan. Okay. Uh, hang on. Let me look up. I need to look Chido up. Bay! And Josh Tupo still there, right? And Josh Tupo, yes. I'm, I'm looking up the other rosters right now to see if I find any Colorado players. Packers have Crosby. Oh, no, they, they lost, didn't they? No, they are out. Yeah. Uh, no, 40, are out. 49ers don't have Witherspoon anymore, do they? He's on the no, Steelers he's now? he's on the Steelers. Okay. And then who's the other team? Who are the 49ers playing? Oh, the LA Rams. How did I forget? Rams. Hmm. have Von Miller, so... That's something. He's a villain. He's a CU villain. He purposely injured John uh, Rodney Stewart. That's not his name. Rodney Stewart. Oh, that is his name. What's wrong with you? Oh no, nothing. Nothing on the Rams. Sorry, guys. I guess I guess we're Bengals fans. Gotta be Bengals fans. Where? Well, you know who played for the Bengals practice squad? Who? Rodney Stewart. There it is. And uh, they had um, – oh, who was the linebacker they had that was a uh, CU player forever? Was it Brad Smith? No, that he was on the Packers. He was on the Packers. Well, regardless, go Bengals. Uh, they haven't made it to the Super Bowl in how long? Like forever? Have they ever made it? I don't know. Uh, they made, they made it in the 80s. They got they – got, when they had Boomer SIS, so they made it. To Boomer. Bowl. He's a Terps, right? He's a Maryland guy. I don't I know. I think he is. Um, this make me look this up. Yes, he is. And and one of my favorite running backs that no one ever mentions anymore, Corey Dillon. Do you remember Corey Dillon? Yeah, he was great. Wasn't he awesome? That 28, and he was just gigantic. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. That I offense, remember. who was the coach for that offense? They had Carson Palmer, TJ Hushmanzada, Chad Johnson, and Corey Dillon. That was like the best offense of all time. <laughs> Okay, let me look at Marvin Wait, Lewis on. was the Corey, coach. Yes, I was about to say, but also Corey Dillon was not on the Bengals when they had Chad Johnson and Hushmanzada. What? Oh, or was he on the Patriots? Yeah, he was on the Patriots. Oh, they had Rudy time. Johnson. Who the hell is Rudy yeah, Johnson? Oh, he was good too. I liked him. I would have him in Madden all the time. Actually, Frank Gore was my Madden running back. Yeah, no, Rudy Johnson was very good. I'm looking at his stats right now. Oh my, yeah, this dude was good. Okay, Corey Dillon is in 2003. In 2002, Dick LeBeau was their head coach. They went 2-14. and 14. John Kitna was their passing, was the quarterback. You got to love it. Jeez. Corey Dillon was their running back. He touched the ball uh, 375 times. <laughs> Do you want to guess who caught on that team who caught eight catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns? Oh my god, Shiverini. Michael Westbrook, baby. 
Come on, go Bucks! <laughs> how am I supposed to get this for 94 yards? <laughs> how many yards did Nick Casa have for the for the Raiders? All right, this is, well, this wow. is probably time to, to end the podcast. Yeah. God, I oh, hate Nick Casa had one catch for one touchdown in his Beautiful. Career. Beautiful. God, yes. Absolutely. Holy shit. 6'6", 270. Man, that man's a big boy. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Finding anything oh, else? I'm, I'm just looking at TJ Hushman's auto stats. Remember, um, remember Chris Henry? He was a great little third option on that Bengals, those Bengals teams. Yeah, he that was sad. What happened? What was sad about him? Oh, oh, he he died when he was young. What? Um, but yeah, he fell out of a truck. What? Oh my okay, god! We should end the pot. We should end the pot. Okay, let's end it. All right. Okay. See ya. Bust! Bust! Bust!